0: Well, that's it. Thank him right now. Thank him with your mouth, your lips. Thank him with your hands. Hallelujah. We honor you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, true praise musicians, band. Thank you for ushering in the presence of the Lord. Thank you so very much for the time spent not perfecting for us, but perfecting it for Jesus Christ, amen, 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 it is good to be in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning, amen, amen, I'm delighted to be here and I long with Brother Luke, thank you to all of our guests for being with us today, thank you so very much, amen, I don't know who was here on Wednesday evening, but man, what a great bit of teaching from Brother Jonathan Arnett on the oneness of God. Amen. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, He's one. Amen. Amen. When you've seen Him, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. It's not rocket science. Amen. It's just plain and simple right there in the book. Praise God. And I'm so very thankful for Brother Arnett's teaching that he gave to us on Wednesday evening. I got to listen to that, hear that. Amen. If you haven't, I encourage you I encourage you to go and watch that on YouTube or listen to that. I think we have it at many different places, Facebook, different places like that. Just go and watch that and enlightened, amen, amen, amen. amen. We're going to get into the word of the Lord today, again, to all of our guests, thank you so very much, can't say that enough, we truly are happy to have you here, and we hope that you find a church home right here at Truth Church. We're a little biased around here, but it's the best, amen, amen, Amen. it's the best. I don't say that heady and high-minded by any means, I just believe that, I believe that. We're going to go to Exodus 16 this morning. Exodus 16 the praise team has been dancing around what I'm going to treat or preach about today Brother Ben he danced around it during our prayer meeting time our focused prayer I encourage you if you get here at 9am on Sunday morning don't stay in here come to the prayer room if we need to pull more chairs from somewhere we can do that uh, we want you to be a part of the prayer room the church that prays together Stays together, it really is true. And so I encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, Come early. When you make a deposit, uh, Bishop for years, Bishop Gilbert sits in the back there for years, has always said that. When you make a deposit, you have something to withdraw from. So when you make a deposit in the prayer room, amen, you can withdraw from what you prayed about. God can come and minister to you right here in the service. I believe that as well I'm of that same opinion if you will Exodus 16 Exodus 16 it's a very familiar passage of scripture to many uh, that are probably in the room if not And I hope that I can enlighten you a bit today Uh, but it's talking about the children of Israel and I'll describe it this way their deficit (laughs) their issue, their problem their the thing that they created themselves. It had nothing to do with the God that they served. It had everything to do with the persons, the people. Amen. And so I'm hoping today before we leave this place that we cannot have the same mindset, the same attitude, the same outlook on life as they did, but but we can be changed. Amen. We can be changed. Exodus Sixteen, verse fifteen, and when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, "It is manna." Somebody say manna. It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, "This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat." It sounds good, doesn't it? it sounds great. That the Lord's given you something to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and a more for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tent or in his house. Verse 17. And the children of Israel did so. And gathered some more, some less. Some more and some less. For the next little bit, I will try to have you out of here by 1130 if at all possible. I'll try not to labor points. I'll just try to stick to what I'm going to preach today. But I'm going to preach from this thought. The deception of gathering manna. The deception of gathering manna. Praise God. Somebody say that. The deception of gathering manna. If you would, lay your Bibles down or your phone down and just lift your hands to the heavens. I want you to talk to Jesus today. And I want you to pray, Lord, don't let me be deceived. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, right now I want to hear your word. Lord, I want to speak your word. And I want us to hear your word today. Let our hearts and our spirits be open to what you would have to say today in the name of Jesus every man every lady every young person Lord every elder that's in the house every guest that's in the house I pray that this word would fall on the fallow ground of our hearts in the name of Jesus that we could live Lord how you intended us to live that we would be what you have designed us to be in this last and this closing hour when we've received your spirit into our life when we are walking in truth and righteousness Lord every single day Lord I pray that we would live how you have intended us to live we honor you and we thank you Jesus for your goodness and your mercy and your power in Jesus name and the church says amen would you clap your hands unto the Lord come on give him a shout of praise Give him that high praise of hallelujah. You're not doing it for me or anybody beside you, but do it unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you the highest praise today of hallelujah. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. Praise God. The deception of gathering manna. If you would, just bear with me for a moment, and you can have you have every opportunity if you'd like to open up to the Exodus chapter 16, and you can go through me. I'm just going to talk about the story here for a moment, just because we need to lay some groundwork if we can. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord, is that you? My servant heareth right now. Amen. <laughs> the book of Exodus... It begins with the story of how Israel is multiplying. And they began to be oppressed by the new king of Egypt. In the second verse of chapter 2, we find the birth of Moses. And in subsequent verses, tells of his mother hiding him. And how the king of Egypt's daughter finds him. Chapter 2 is a very, very brief overview of Moses' early life. It is condensed to his birth, his upbringing, and early adulthood. His missteps in handling things in Egypt and his finding, or fleeing, I'm sorry, and hiding in the, hiding, And getting out of the way and marrying Zophar and all these different things. And by the time we get to verse 24 in chapter 2, we find the Israelites moaning. They're moaning under the heavy burden placed on them by Pharaoh. And it talks of God remembering His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 25 of that passage of scripture God he says this look upon the children of Israel and he had respect on them he had respect unto them rather other translations say that God acknowledged or decided it was time to do something, time to act you got to do something about the situation And so chapter 3 begins with God's miraculously, His powerful speaking to Moses through the burning bush. I would just step aside for a moment and talk about this. I don't know about you, but if I walked outside and one of those trees over here to our south would just begin to burst in flames and God would begin to speak to me out of it, I and everybody around me would know about it. And everybody around me, they would believe in it, whether they wanted to or not. Amen? But he begins to speak to him in the burning bush, and he calls him to go back to Egypt and to deliver his people from the bondage of Pharaoh. Verses 7 and 8 can concisely state God's purpose and plan to Moses. God tells him, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. And have heard their cry by reason of the taskmaster. For I know their sorrows. Can we think about this for a moment? God knows where you're at. Amen. He knows where you're at. He knows your shortcomings. He knows your failures. He knows when you're oppressed. He knows when you're depressed. He knows everything. Amen. And it does, again, I I use this term again, rocket science. It's not rocket science. If he knew it then, don't you know he knows it now? If he knew about the sorrows and the pains and the driving of the taskmasters and all of those things that happened, he knows about it now. Verse 8, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land unto a good land. Somebody say a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Praise God. Milk and honey. That sounds like a good place, doesn't it? Look at your neighbor and say milk and honey. Verse 14 states some of the most powerful words in Scripture. When Moses asked who he is to say Sent him. And God says, you heard this on Wednesday night, I am that I am. Amen. Amen. And he reiterates it and tells Moses to tell the doubting Israelites, I am have sent me unto you. I am that I am. I am have sent me unto you. In other words, Moses When they look at you and say, who sent you? You stuttering, backwoods, old country, bumpkin, if you will. When they ask you, who died and made you king? Who died and made you the one that could tell us? You little old shepherd, who are you? What your response is to be is, I am. I didn't do it. I am sent me. When they say that who is going to deliver us, the answer is I am. When they say that we need someone powerful enough to break the hold of the oppressor, your answer is to be I am. When they tell you they need a commander to overcome the most powerful military force in the known world, you're going to tell them I am is going to do that. Amen. The response is, I am. And I would to God that there would be people in this room today that you would understand that it hasn't changed. It has not changed, young man. It has not changed, young lady. It has not changed, elder. Doesn't matter how long you've served God. Still, the I am is here to deliver. Still, the I am is here to help the oppressed and the depressed. The I am is the one. That can do it all. And God forewarns Moses that it's not going to be an easy task. Well, my goodness. He has talked about that to Moses. For people like me, for pastors and preachers, it's still the same today. It's not going to be easy. Amen. I'm a man in that because it's not going to be easy. Because sometimes people come and I, this is happening, these things are going on, and it's okay. God's going to see you through. I'm not saying that because that's the thing that preachers say or pastors say. I'm saying that not just because it's what the good book says, it's what I know because over the centuries of time, He's always come through. And yes, the Bible does say it. Yes, it is because the Bible says it. Yes, that is true. But there has been so many times that people did not know the Bible, but they trusted what somebody said about the Bible. They didn't know a verse. They didn't know a chapter. They didn't know a Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. They didn't know anything about it. But somebody told them, hey, listen, I serve a God, and my God said he's going to see you through. And they've trusted the word of somebody else. Now, that's pretty powerful, ladies and gentlemen. A messenger gave the message, and the person was saw through. Sounds pretty familiar, don't it? It's happened today. It's happened in this day and age which we live right now, just like it did in the book. So whether you know the book or not today, I want you to hear the messenger that's here today to tell you that the I am will see you through. The I am has some great things for you. The I am can pull you out of darkness and set your feet upon a rock to say, the I am can, whether you know that for yourself or not. Now I encourage you to get to know him. I encourage you to get to know him and all that he can do. But if all you got to hold anything today and let let you know anything today is the man holding the microphone, then I would that you would trust me just for a moment that the great I am is still doing what he did in the book and he can do it for you before you leave this house today. But he forewarns him. He tells him that it's not going to be an easy task because not only are you going to have to convince the Israelites, but you have to deal with Pharaoh too. And God tells him that I am sure the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand, the scripture says. But also he gives him assurance. Moses, my good buddy, my friend, Moses, this is what's going to happen. You're not going to worry about old Pharaoh. I'm going to stretch my hand against him. And when I get through with him, he will let you go. Amen. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? That's a pretty good plan right now. It's going to be hard for you to convince people. It's going to be hard for you to let people know. But let me tell you something. When I get done with old Pharaoh, you're going to be let go. And you're going to be going to where I have prepared for you to go. Moses, his faith is bolstered by the the experience he had with God. And he takes his brother Aaron and goes down to meet the elders of Israel. And he delivers this message from the Lord. So he goes and he meets with the Israelites. And he and Aaron go and meet Pharaoh. And things get off to a pretty bad start not very good on the home front, if you will. The contest with Pharaoh, if you're looking through your Bible, they begin the rods that are turning into serpents, and water turning to blood, and frogs descending on the land, and God turning dust. This makes you itch right now. You're going to start scratching your head. He turns the dust to life. Somebody say, Ugh. Amen. Every time I hear it, see here in a couple of weeks when these, or a week or two, I guess a week from now, when these kids go to Youth Congress in, in uh, where are we going again? St. Louis. They're going to do a lice check before they go. And when they mention lice check, I begin to itch at the very mention. <laughs> Have, just by a show of hands, has anybody ever been in a dust storm before? I'm not talking like crazy. You've been around. You've, I've been in a dust storm before where you got to close your eyes, put your fingers in your ears so it doesn't get down in your ears and you just stand there until it's all over. Can you imagine lice that was like dust? I digress. I better stay focused here. (laughs) Everybody's going to be walking out itching their heads here in a moment. We read of the horde of flies and the plague that falls on the cattle of the Egyptians. And we read about the ashes causing boils to come upon the Egyptians. And and we hear about the hailstorm. Somebody say amen. Still dealing with that around here. And, And the locusts and the thick darkness for three days. And ultimately the judgment of the firstborn on the land. And we get to Exodus chapter 13. And we find Pharaoh now king. And he is looking at this situation and he's looking at all the problems that are going on and he he is seemingly admitting defeat under the mighty hand of God and he's allowing Moses and the Israelites to leave Egypt. Well, you picked a fight with the wrong one, Pharaoh, and so of course you're admitting defeat. And they're leaving with wealth, with gladness, and joy, they are, they are prepared for their journey. They're getting ready to get out of here. And Moses takes the bones of Joseph with them, recalling the remembrance, the prophecy of Joseph. And, and he's letting them know that God will surely visit you. And the Bible says that they took their journey. And it's really cool about God here because he does something even better than he's already done. He gives them a pillar of cloud during the day. Man, it just, when you go through this story, he is a provider, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, he literally makes a way when there seemeth to be no way. In the darkness of night, he says, the star isn't good enough and the uh, the moon isn't good enough. I'm going to give you a pillar of fire by night so you can continue to go. He gives them all of this and We're on our way to the promised land. Somebody say the promised land. They have been plucked out of bondage. They've been plucked out of, just bear with me for a moment, they've been plucked out of the oppression. No doubt they were probably depressed. No doubt there were some issues that were going on in some of their minds, but almost instantaneously all of this stuff happens. And it doesn't happen to them, but it happens to their oppressor. And they're freed, And they get to go, Sister Hardy. They get to leave. Woo! I mean, I'm telling you, like, they're, you, you know, they're doing this number. They're pumped up about it. And, and then they walk out to get on their journey, and they're like, look at God. Won't he do it? Kids, He, he won't he do it. He did it. And they got a cloud. And they're walking. They're looking at that cloud. And it starts getting dark. And then boom. Turns into fire. Man, look, won't he do it? He just did it. And they're excited. And it's wonderful. And they're on their journey. What could be better than this? I mean, we've got. We have got a destination. That has been given to us already. We had not done nothing for it. Brother. Trevor, you got a promise. Brother Jordan, you got a promise. Sister DeLisa, it's yours, and we're going to the promise. Here it is. Silver platter. You can have it. And I'm going to direct you there the whole time. I'm going to take you there. I've shown you what I can do to your people that are bothering you. And now I've given you a cloud and a fire, and we're getting to your promise. We're on our way. skip de do da Here we go. Somebody say, I'm excited. I'm excited. But then they hit an unexpected pothole. A bump in the road, if you will. Now, I'll say this, and I, I, again, I'm not going to try to digress and get behind here, but we hit these when we were in, in New Zealand just last week. and We have those little bumps that are in the parking lot, but they're crazy, aren't they, Brother Jordan? We, we're just barely going over them i am still got neck issues right now. I'm, I'm joking, I don't, but they're, they're bad. Well, that's what they hit. They hit a pothole. I mean, everything was going good and then here's this sea in front of them. And they say, what in the world? How is this? What's happening here? And Pharaoh's army is coming behind them, but God's still remembering his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He tells them, Fear not. He's always got an answer. You'd think that this would register in the brain of the Israelites. You'd think that it would register in our brains that he's got it under control. He is the great I am. He is the one that can do anything with any situation that you and I could present to him. You would think fear not stand still and see the salvation of the Lord for the Egyptians you have seen today you shall see them again no more forever the Lord shall fight Woo. listen to what he says the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace In other words, sir and ma'am, you're not going to have to lift a finger. And we get excited about it, just like they probably did. I mean, just think of, they're sitting there and they're like, oh, man, what's going on? See dust cloud coming. Here they come, my goodness. He says, fear not. Don't lift a finger. You're not going to see them anymore. I got a hold of it. And they're probably be like, woohoo, yeah, kicking their feet up, doing all that kind of, really excited about what Jesus is about to do. And you would think, you ain't got to prove it anymore, God. You got this. We know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the case. You may be seated. And God tells Moses to stretch forth that rod of his, and he did that. He stretched forth his rod, and he. Divided the sea. He has this staff in his hand. And there they go. And the cool part about this, and it's many preachers, not just me, talk about it. It literally created dry ground. Now, I grew up in the country, all right? And we had a pond that was less than par. Par is a golfing term, and it was horrible. It was the, it was not, they had, we had deformed fish, okay? It was bad. I mean, no joke. Ask Bishop Gilbert. They had, like, eyes that were, like, crooked in two of them. And, am I lying? If I'm lying, I'm dying. It's the truth. I would not have ingested any of them. But anyway, that's beside the point. But it also would dry up on the, I don't know what direction that is. I guess it's the, uh, I don't know which side. It would dry up pretty bad. But when I would say it would dry up, it would The water would go all the way down a little bit. And over here, it would stay mucky and mushy. If you tried to drive a four-wheeler through it, you're going to get stuck. If you tried to step in it, you're going to get stuck. And it was nasty and gross, and that's the way it was. And I'm sure if we went out there today, it may even still have. There's no telling. But it takes a long time for ground to dry up that has had water on it for a long period of time. Any of you country folk know about that? Any of you mudders out there? It takes a long time. It doesn't happen. But for them and the staff that was stretched out above the waters and hither and thither, it became dry ground. Won't he do it? He did it. We got a fire. Or a cloud, a fire, and we got dry ground now. And we got a promise that tomorrow these cats, you ain't going to got to worry. You ain't going to got to worry. If you didn't know what that is, I'll explain that later. You ain't got to going to worry anymore about that. That's good terminology. Good Texas terminology. You're not going to worry about these people anymore because they're not going to be anymore. Now, it doesn't get any better than that, ladies and gentlemen. This is a promise that we're going to, and if I got it already, because when I read it, I got it, Brother Dustin. I'm getting to my promise. And nothing's going to stop me from getting to my promise. That is what the scriptures say. saying. You do not have to be an engineer to get that. You don't have to be an English major to get that. You don't have to be a scientist to understand that. You don't have to be super smart. You can read just Just read the scripture and you can see and I can see nothing is going to stop us from getting what Jesus Christ has promised us to get. Nothing. No big bad Pharaoh that's trying to tell you you can't have it. You can't go. You're going to stay right here. He's going to do, Jesus is going to do whatever he's got to do to get you out of the situation that you're in. And he pulls you out of it. Just take them. I don't want them here anymore. What was the attitude of Pharaoh. And so they leave. And then they hit a pothole. And even when the pothole comes, I got you. I've had you from way back there. I still got you here. Amen. And so the Lord is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. That's what they say. I mean, it's like they get a glimmer of what he's trying to do here. They walk across on the dry ground, and then they're like, woo hoo man, look what he did. He's my salvation. They're doing all this little stuff that they do in Broadway. They're kicking their feet, and they're, they're, getting, they're getting after it, and they're excited. They're pumped up. Somebody say, I got the victory. I got, I got the victory. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. I I got the victory. I got the V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. I I got the victory. And they're getting excited about it. No, I'm not a rapper. I just. Anyways. That's pretty good though, wasn't it, Brother Patrick? And verse 12. Verse 12. They begin to murmur against the Lord. What? Are you kidding me? They begin to murmur against the Lord. And God's response is to send them another miracle. (laughs) And to let them understand that, hey, I know it's not too good right now. I know that... There's there's this problem that's going on right now. But I'm going to help you nonetheless. I'm going to sustain you. Verse 12, murmuring against the Lord. And God's response is to send them another miracle. And to sustain their hunger, God literally allows it to rain bread from heaven. I'm telling you all the kind of bread... I mean, everything that they needed. Help me out, brother. He's beginning to rain this bread down. It's just supplying it every day. And it's to satisfy their need for food. God does it every single day. Somebody say every day. Every day, every day except the Sabbath. So to, for, for us today, you're going to you're going fast. Is that all right? Nobody's eating today? And God does it because the ultimate goal is to get them out of Egypt and to the promised land because he loves them and he remembers his covenant with them. And so here they go. They got their bucket. And it's Monday morning. woo look at God's bread. Man, don't that look good? I'm going to buy you some more croissants, by the way. That's all we had. This was a last-minute deal. And so, man, they start gathering it up. Me and Johnny, there's one for Susie, there's one for Tate. He wanted me to say his name, thank you, brother. There's one for Maris and Ginger, we're good. And they gather up all of this that they need. Everything that they needed for their house, they got what they needed. And he, I, does it get any better? I mean, from... All of the oppression, they got delivered from it because his toys and his miraculous things were bigger than Pharaoh's. And then he gives them the cloud and the pillar of fire, and then he gets them across the sea on dry land, and then we're going in. Here we go. And... He starts giving them some bread. Throughout the remainder of the book of Exodus and Leviticus, we read of so many amazing things. We read about God's glory on the mountain. We read about God's majesty. We We receive the law. We receive the plan of the tabernacle. We read about God's seeking The contribution of the Israelites in order to complete the tabernacle. And how the glory cloud descended and engulfs them on the day of its descent. Pretty cool. And intertwined with these miracles and these visitations and these successes, if you will. We read of idolatry and rebellion and stiff-necked people. With stubborn wills. Somebody say, I don't have that. (laughs) And hearts that still linger in Egypt. But all of that overshadowed by the miraculous and by the ultimate goal that God has in mind. I mean, all of that is going on. But he's still got a plan. And he's got a promise to get them to where they need to go. A great land, the Bible says. A large land flowing with milk and honey. And it's waiting. Anybody got a dog? Anybody got a dog? Raise your hand. Have you seen the dog? Like when you're getting out of the car. you're not. Ours don't get this privilege because we keep them in a cage. But they probably... They would tear the house up and everything else up. But anyway, I've seen it. I've seen it when I was a kid. We would, we would drive into the, into the driveway. And it was like our dog had a six cent. And uh, six cents, and they were like, when we'd turn in, the dog would be sitting there looking through the blinds. And before we got to the back of the house, the dog was already at the other, remember many, many blinds? Anybody remember many blinds, the metal ones? Man, I'm old feel it right now. I just feel it. Like we could not ask, ask my mom. She's back here. We could not keep those mini blinds on that, uh, uh, that French door looking thing that we had out and had the, this, whatever the little things in the little windows inside of it. We could not keep those straight because our dog would like get its little snout and get behind him and tear them all up, and get tangled up all in them. Anxious for our arrival. That is what this promise is doing, ladies and gentlemen. This promise that Jesus Christ has given to them is waiting. (laughs) I can't wait till you get here. Come take, come take and eat. Have this milk and honey. Have everything. That's literally the picture that you get. You can have it, it's yours. I can't wait for you to come and get what God's promised you. This land. It's set up and surely it flows with milk and honey. And here's some of the fruit. Here's some of the fruit. Look at this fruit. These men, they go and look at it when they're finally on the threshold. They're they're right here, they're looking. Get somebody to go and look closer. And so they go, and they look, Sister Delene, and all of this is here. And, man, they're excited. Look, at, this is exactly what was told to us. Man, it was worth it, all of it. I I'm so thankful. Those flies, I still feel like I got one buzzing in my ear, and it wasn't even sent for me. Man, I'm so excited. I'm glad I didn't have lice, but I remember all that stuff that happened back there. But, man, we're right here. We're right now. Here it is. This is great. Man, let's go tell them all about it. And so here go these two guys excited. skip the doo and back to everyone. They got these. It takes two men. Now I've had some big grapes. I've had big grape clusters in my hand, but I can hold them in my hand. Have you gone to Sam's? Is it, speaking of grapes, does anybody have the cotton candy grapes before? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Can we just lift our hands for cotton candy grapes? <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Who cares how they do it? It's done. But I can imagine that these were some big old grapes, ladies and gentlemen. If it took two men to carry them on their shoulders, and they're excited, and they get back. And here goes that pothole again, another one. Here's a pothole one more time. You would think that they understand, Brother Cooper, that they know the guy that fixes the potholes. He's got it under control. Who cares if you saw a big giant or 10 or 15 of them? You know the guy that fixes the potholes. You know the guy that takes care of the problem. Amen. And so here they are. And their priorities are misconstrued, if you will. They're a little messed up. They're, they're not where they should be. They have these cluster of grapes, and they have all of this stuff, and they talk about how beautiful and how wonderful it is, but then they say this word. Nevertheless, what? Nevertheless, what do you mean, nevertheless? And they begin to tell why. That they can't have what the dude, no disrespect to Jesus, but the dude that told them, go tell these people that he's going to let them go. (laughs) When I'm done with them, he's going to let them go. And it came through. Right? It happened. Just like he said it would happen. The messenger told them, he said that it's not going to be easy, but he's going to do it. And so they went through all this mess, and they get let go. And after they get let go, we got a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. Here we go. And then we run into the sea, and we get through the sea on dry land. And then we get over here, and what? You mean you're feeding us stuff? You're feeding us manna? You're feeding us all this stuff? Are you joking me? They get there, and they say, nevertheless... And they begin to tell why they can't have this promise. And Caleb and Joshua, I can just imagine. Come here, Brother Trevor, and come here, Brother uh, Jordan. Come here really, really quick. I want you to be Joshua and Caleb for me right over here. Come on up here, hurry, quickly, quickly. What I want you to do, man, that was quick. Praise the Lord. I want you, as I talk about why we can't have it, I want you to be like that kid that wants to answer the question in the class and the teacher won't call him. okay? And just do it for the amusement of all of these people that are here right now. I don't care. I want y'all both to want to answer the question and tell about what's going on, and you know the answer, okay? So he tells them, or they tell them, this is why we can't have this place. There's giants there. There's things that that are, that are bigger than us. We can't, we cannot have it. And this is exactly what they're probably doing in the background. To, we, all of this stuff, and, and they're wanting to say, I "Don't remember Jehovah? Remember the Red Sea? Do you remember what?" And that's what they're doing. No doubt that's what they're doing. But nobody wants to listen to them. Right. Doug, sit down. I may need you again. <laughs> they're talking about there's giants. There's these big walls there. There's so many things. Over and over again. And they're back there going, oh, hold on, hold on. Remember the Red Sea? Hold on. Re- Stop for a minute. Do you remember the cloud and the fire? Do you remember the lunch that we had? Do you remember all that? And nobody wants to hear that mess. Stay with me. One of them, no doubt. <laughs> this is my favorite part. I could see it. I don't know about you, but this is what I do. I get a little, my mind gets to go on when I read the scripture. It gets to go on anytime I read anything. I start. Sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I'm just thinking what's going on in this book. And they were probably grabbing tambourings. Give me that stinking tambourine. I'm about to start singing the song that we sang after we got across the Red Sea, and it might remind some of these nitwits that God is who he says he is. I don't know. It could be. Maybe not. But nonetheless, they didn't get there. They didn't get to where they were promised to go. And do you know why they didn't get to where they were promised to go? It wasn't because of him. And it wasn't because of them. It was because of the people. Oh, my goodness. Walled cities? Giants? Are you joking me? We're grasshoppers in their sight. Oh, my goodness, there's no way. And so, for the next 40 stinking years, years. 40 years they go through wandering in the wilderness. And you know what's really cool about God? Even when you and I are nitwits, I'm not being mean, I'm just like you. When we don't get it that God can do what he says he can do when we don't get it in our brain that he is the God that he says he is, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what he does? He still gives you what you need to live. He gives you, and here they go, for 40 years, Mm yesterday. Man, my mm. This is so good. It's not milk and honey, but it's your, I wish it had some honey to dip it in and make it even better. Mm-hmm. And here they go. Mm. Mm. Take, come here, man. My goodness. This is better than yesterday. You got to try it. Man. Ginger, Ginger, I didn't even have to work for this. I know it says that I'm supposed to provide for my family and so the only thing I'm having to do is pick it up and put it in the bucket. Dinner come here, you gotta have some. <laughs> Go ahead, eat it. <laughs> the Lord provided and she's not even thankful, praise the Lord. And so 40 frazzling years, ladies and gentlemen, we want to shout about it. Man, look what God did for 40 frazzling years. Well, guess what? That's not what he intended them to do. He didn't want them to get buckets and he didn't want them to live in the wilderness and he didn't want them to have tents. He wanted them to be in the promised land. He wanted them to have milk and honey. He wanted them to have a big city, a place that they did not build. But the deception is, man, look what God provided. Ladies and gentlemen, God provided you a promise. And what you and I need to do, no matter the problem, no matter the issue, walk through the door. We stand on the threshold of our promise. Man, look at all that great and wonderful stuff. Oh, giants. Grasshoppers. Oh, my goodness. I would rather go back and eat some manna. No, I know God provides, but ladies and gentlemen, that is not what he intended us to do. He never, ever, ever intended them to go through the wilderness for 40 years and eat his bread from heaven. I wish I could remember that old song. Bread from heaven, whatever that song is. What is it? I don't remember it anyway. It doesn't matter. It's an old song. But who gives a frazzling rip? Thank you, Jesus, but that's not what he wanted me to have. And that's not what he wanted you to have. Is he still God? Is he still a provider? Yes, he is. But he's standing there saying, man, you could have milk and honey for breakfast today, but you're having bread. What's from heaven? Lottie. if it's from heaven that's not what he promised you he did not promise you a wilderness he didn't promise you a place where you'd say man I wish I was back in Egypt no he didn't want you to do that he wanted you to be at a place where he made for you to go and he promised you could have it but man we get joyous and we get excited for 40 days 40 years they got every single morning, six days a week, they could gather manna and we get excited about it. But that's deception of gathering manna. The deception of gathering manna is man, I'm, I'm living my good life. No, you're not. You're not living your good life. You could be in a house that you didn't build a beautiful city that you didn't even have anything to do with. You could have milk and honey and big fat grapes It takes two men to carry a cluster of them. But no, you thought you were too small. You thought you couldn't get there. But before you even got there, before you even thought you were a grasshopper, God said, that city's yours. So I want to encourage you today. Live where God's promised you to live or keep on gathering manna. Live where God has promised you to live or keep on gathering manna. When you start gathering manna, what you're going to do is you're going to go back to that old mindset. Man, Egypt sure looked better. Man, I wish I could go back there. He didn't intend it to be that way. He intended you to be in the promised land. He intended you to say, man, I'm excited about what God did. I am so thankful that I don't have to be there. I'm so thankful that he brought me out and rejoice about the victories that he gave you. Rejoice about going over the sea. Rejoice about the cloud. Rejoice about the fire. Rejoice about the direction. Rejoice about the graves. Rejoice about everything that God provided for you. Because he's the one that promised it to you. It's frustrating it's very frustrating that in the now day people who stand on the very threshold of what God fully intended you to have life more abundantly peace forevermore joy unspeakable and full of glory you're the head and not the tail but we live like this. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. But man, I can't afford anything. And man, I'm just. Isn't Jesus good? He is good. For in Him. What? You got breath in your body right now? That's your Red Sea you crossed over. Amen? Were you once addicted, but you're not addicted anymore? I know it's not easy. I know there may be some walled cities, and there may be some giants, and there may be some things in your way. But he promised you peace and love and joy. He promised you help and hope forevermore. So my... My message to you today is live in the promised land and don't live on manna. You may be seated. These people that were saying that we're as grasshoppers, these people that stated that man, there's big, big, Big men there. No doubt. Because everybody's curious. And I know that you probably think like I do. As they were walking through the Red Sea, they probably didn't just look at it like, oh, that's cool, dude. No, they probably ran their fingers to the water. <laughs> I don't know for sure. That's not I'm not adding to or taking away from the Bible. I'm just saying a normal person is probably like, man, that's really cool. You want to touch everything. You know what I mean? And no doubt, these same people were rock, walking right up against it going, man, wow, that's really neat. Look at the <laughs> There's Nemo right there. <laughs> I mean, before you could go to the aquarium, Jesus created the aquarium. Oh. And no doubt, those are the same people that stood there on that day and said, well, if there's giants... And you think that we're grasshoppers, then we're probably grasshoppers. And so, back to the wilderness. The same people that stood there and saw the fire. Now, question, and I want an answer, like we're in class here. If today you walked out of this building and you got in your car and a pillar of cloud just appeared right in front of you. as perfectly, and as you drove, it like just went right in front of you. Would that amaze you? Raise your hand. Would that like, uh, you'd probably be kind of like, what is going on here? And then, as you got up early in the morning, some of you get up at 5 and 4, and you go to work. And as you drive out of your driveway, boom, pillar of fire. Again, I'm going to ask you a question. Would that amaze you? I wouldn't have to be convinced that God could do what he said he could do because a fire just automatically appeared floating in the air in front of me and so did a cloud. A cloud's a little more believable but not going before us. But the same people that saw all this stuff are the same ones that said, you know something? Um, I think that gathering manna is a little better idea for the next 40 years. And so that's what they did. Church, I know it feels like this is what this people do this a lot. My wife and I were talking about this. I don't. I think it might have been this week. We can make we can make ourselves feel like if it's right, God did it. You know what I mean? Like, and it was yesterday. I remember now. I, I'm, this may be some financial help for some of you. If a car dealer, Brother Luke, help me out here. If a car dealer says that 15% interest is a good deal, they're not telling the truth. Okay? 6% is really not a good deal, but it's better than that. Okay? But sometimes you're like, man, look what God did. 24% interest and I got a new car. You're going to be paying that until you're 99. <laughs> and the bank is going to love you. They're going to roll out the red carpet when you walk up to the bank. Like, Come on in. <laughs> right here. Sit down right there. And that's what they did. It's a good deal. Jesus is giving us manna. Look, what, see all this stuff here? Woohoo Every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's not a good deal. The good deal, ladies and gentlemen, is, hey, I've got some land for you, and it's a long ways from this oppression that you're in, and I'm telling this messenger to tell you that they're not going to keep you here. You're going to go there. And then you're going to feel as you're in the midst of all this. I know I'm repeating it over and over again. But I promise you, it took it for them so you can rest assured it takes it for us. All right? So I'm just going to beat the dead horse here if I can. Listen to me one more time. Hey, you're going to get to this place and there's going to be a big, 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 big place that you can't cross. The Red Sea. And I'm going to tell your messenger that told you that you got some promised land, a place where it flows with milk and honey, and it's yours. And I'm giving it to you. I'm going to have him stretch forth his staff, and I'm going to amaze you. And here goes the waters, and you're going to walk on dry land, and you're going to get the other side. And You're going to dance and get excited about it. And I'm going to close it on top of all of your enemy, and you're going to get to see them drown. And you're going to say yes. And you're going to run over here, and you're going to get to this place. I'm going to give you some manna, and I'm going to get over here to this place. I'm going to say, listen, here's this promised land, and you're going to check it out, and you're going to go. Ooh, we're a little bitty grasshoppers, big giants, looks good, would probably taste good, but I would rather wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. Don't get me wrong. God raining down manna from heaven in order to feed a million people every single day was indeed miraculous. Miraculous. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It was miraculous. But the children of Israel were never destined to be gathers of a manna. And ladies and gentlemen, neither are you. God has promised you a great, great life. God has promised you a place where you need to go someday. God has promised you a place that you do. Oh, hallelujah. He's promised you a place where you don't have to be in pain. Bible says he wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Where does that life supposed to be? Right here and right now. Yeah. And up there. Maybe seated. I'm almost done. Musicians, if you'd come. From day one, before Moses ever left the desert and stepped foot into Egypt, God's will and intent and destiny for his children was for them. To be in the promised land. I want you to hear me today. I'm not saying don't appreciate and don't be be thankful for the manna. We got to be thankful for the manna. Church is good. And getting blessed is good. Victory on Sunday morning or Sunday evening or Wednesday or any special service, that's great. Amen? Doesn't matter doesn't matter what time of the day it is. It doesn't matter if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Or if, if there's a church that has Sunday morning, Sunday night. It doesn't matter if it's a, it's a church that has revivals like we did back when I was a kid. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. No, I'm not, it doesn't matter when it is. All we need to understand is that Jesus designed you to live in the promise every single day. <laughs> he wants you to have the promise every single day not just when you think you need it we are not destined to gather manna but we are designed from God to have the promise that is from God and you hear what I said we are designed by God to have the promise from God he destined you and me to not live with our smile upside down he did not destine you to be pitiful poor me No, he didn't destine that. He destined you to have. He destined you to partake. He destined you to make up in your mind. I am going to be who God created me to be. I'm going to right now live where God wants me to live. He wants me to live Holy Ghost filled. He wants me to live free. He wants me to have hope. He wants me to have joy. He doesn't want me to be depressed. That's how God intended you and me to live. Do you think for a moment that God gave you the Holy Ghost to live with, you, with a, live with a frown on your face all day? Do You think God gave you the Holy Ghost which just described joy unspeakable and full of glory, for you to be bitter and mad and hateful all day long? He didn't do that. It's time for some of us to, dur- to turn our habitual, ritualistic, mediocre apostolic lifestyle on its ear. It's time to quit gathering manna and start living what God promised that you could live. It's time to quit accepting defeat as a way of life and glimmers of sunshine as the best that you'll ever have. What do you mean, Pastor Darren? I mean there's some of you in this room right now that you anticipate getting to church because you think that's the only place that you can feel free and that you can have hope and you can have joy. Man, make the altar call, Pastor Darren, because I'm going to come get my fix this week. That's not what God intended. That's living on manna. It is. Man, say the right word, Pastor. That's living on manna. Sing the right song, singers, and play the right song. That's living on manna. God says that he wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. He is the peace that passeth all understanding. He is the rest wherein those weary find their rest. Oh, I'm not preaching about a God that we just push the button, oh yeah, thank you for that, Jesus. I'm gonna live on it today, and then I'll I'll give it back and go back to my mediocre lifestyle. No, that's not what God intended. Stand to your feet all across the building. God more than well provided and sustained in the wilderness. But it doesn't change the fact that he never ever really intended for church to linger there for 40 years. You may have to walk through the wilderness but you do not. Somebody say, I don't have to. You do not have to set up camp and put down roots there. Don't be deceived by the manna man it's from god it's it's the bread of heaven god did not intend for them to even eat the bread of heaven that wasn't even what he wanted them to have don't be satisfied with just the little here and the little there don't rest until you fully Possess all that God has for you. They may have had to walk through to get there. And they had to spend a little time there in the wilderness. But that's not where God designed them to be. Yeah, there's going to be trials and there's going to be tribulations and there's going to be weeping. There's going to be mourning. There will be trouble and offenses in life. These things will come, but you lie down and accept the lie that you were designed to exist on manna and the occasional celebration time. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I said, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You were not intended just to have a little bit of celebration here on Sunday and a little bit on Wednesday and a little bit next week and a little bit next month. No, he didn't intend that. He wanted you to feast every single opportunity that you had on milk and honey. You and I were never designed together, men. We were never designed together heaven's bread we were designed for the promised land and I'll leave you this before I open these altars a man gatherer comes to church out of obligation I've said this for years and many of you that have been around you've heard me say it it's a check, check box for you a duty this is what I'm going to do and if the preacher can preach a good enough message then I'll shout a little bit or I'll come to an altar. One that decides that gathering manna is not for them but the promise is what they want. They come to church and say, I'm going to shout. I'm going to dance. I'm going to worship. It doesn't matter what the preacher preaches. I'm here because I want to serve God. (laughs) One that feels that they have been destined to gather manna has that Judas spirit. The Bible says, I want you to hear this right now. And I don't mean to be demeaning to anybody in the room, but I feel in my spirit there are some that possess this spirit right here under this roof. The Bible says that Judas sought for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Someone that desires to gather manna can have that same spirit along for the ride, in for the blessing. I'm listening to the word. I'm taking every message into consideration. Every time I go through a trial, God's going to be on trial though. When I got an issue or a problem, I, I listen to what the preacher says, but you know something? I got a bad report the other day, and God, who do you, come on, God. What's going on, God? I was in a wreck yesterday, and, and, and this happened and that happened. God, what, why did that have to happen to me? Maybe you lose your job, or maybe you're laid off. God, if you're really God, why is this, God's on trial. Every opportunity that you get to put him on trial. Don't be a man together. Don't have a Judas spirit. Someone that says the promise is what they were created to have. They say, no, sir. You can laugh at me. You can ridicule me. Preacher, you can preach to me. You can ignore me but you're never, ever, ever going to be able to run me out of what God has promised for me. God gave me a promise. No man is going to get between me and what God has promised me. God promised me heaven. I'm going to live for him. God promised me streets of gold. I'm going to walk on streets of gold. God promised me a life here to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Nothing is going to get in my way. And I understand people think preacher you're just talking about butterflies and tulips everybody be happy ladies and gentlemen no it's not about everybody be happy and let me motivate you no it's not what it is god intended you to live in the promise god intended you to have joy god intended you when you do go through a trial to reach up and take the nail-scarred hand of jesus and understand hey I'm going through a mess right now, but I know where you promised me to go. I know where you promised me to live. I'm not putting you on trial. Thank you for bringing me out. Thank you for setting my feet up on the rock this day. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for bringing me out of the Red Sea. Thank you for taking me out of bondage. Fair team, if you'd come this place right now and you want to make up in your mind, I'm not going to be a man together, but I'm going to be an individual that possesses the promise. The Bible says for the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Why don't you come right now all across the building I encourage you on this Sunday don't be deceived by the manna. I know it looks good I know that you think it's absolutely wonderful don't be satisfied with what God can do in just the moment when he's created a promised land for you to live for all eternity can you lift your hands all across the building and if you want to come to this altar right now maybe you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost the evidence of speaking in other tongues the spirit of God gives the utterance it's real ladies and gentlemen for the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call today we have a baptistry that's ready for you it could be the first day of the rest of your life old things pass away and behold all things are new no it's not just a sign for me to see or you to see It's what Jesus Christ commanded. Except the man is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to live with him for all eternity. I don't know about you, but I want my soul to commune with him with how he intended it to be from the very creation of time. Come on, every hand lifted, every voice lifted. Come on, can you pray to him all across this building? These altars are open. Would you make your way? If you have a need today, if you have a special need in your life, there are people here that want to pray with you. They want to anoint you with oil as the scripture instructs us to do so. And I pray that God would heal and transform your life. There are needs on the screen. We're going to pray about those individuals right now. Would you lift your voice as they begin to worship the Lord in song? Come on, would you lift your hands to him all across the building? Whether you are coming to the front or you're staying in the pew, can we lift up and respond to God today? God, have your perfect will and your perfect way in my life. Let me respond to your will and to your way. Lord, you promised me a promised land. You promised me a life. Life that I had joy you, and peace and hope and help. And oh, today mercy never fails today Lord, we want to possess that. Oh, today we want to leave with that.